Hey there, I'm the Kentucky Guy, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. In this podcast, it's mainly a special report. We talk about some of the things that have happened in the past, such as Operation Paperclip that was started in 1946 by Truman, President Truman. Also, we'll talk a little bit about the commission, as I like to call them. Everybody knows them as the Trilateral Commission and the president of the U.S. who actually belongs to them. And we're going to talk a little bit about our good friend, Ronald Reagan. Catch that and a whole lot more on this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. All right, and welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the truth seeker, the truth finder, the Kentucky guy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day today on this beautiful day here in the great state of Kentucky. The sun is shining, the wind's not blowing, and it's beautiful outside. Hard to believe that it's February and that lousy, lousy groundhog seen its shadow for six more months of winter. Uh, They're clapping because I said groundhog, that crappy groundhog. (laughs) All right, folks, if this is your first time listening to the show, I am the host of Kentucky Guy, and I want to welcome you to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Here we talk about political, current news, and world news as well. We also talk about historic facts, and we do have special reports that we talk about, which this is actually a special report that we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Left, We left off here a couple episodes ago, and this is followed, for those of you that follow the podcast regularly, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, before then, though, if this is your first time listening, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter which platform you're listening to, we're on 74 different audio platforms now. That's right, 74 different audio platforms, including Spotify, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and the list goes on from there. Also, for you sports fans, I do co-host with Donnie Cage, the Against the Match Wrestling Podcast. We drop new episodes there every Monday and Friday. We talk about pro wrestling past, present, and future. A lot of things going on. In the wrestling world, there is a pay-per-view coming up on February 18th, so be sure to catch our predictions and post-show on the Elimination Chamber. All right, here we drop two episodes a week. Every week, like clockwork, sometimes you'll get a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, but we do definitely drop two episodes a week. And let's see, if you would ever like to be a guest on the show or have any questions for myself, the Kentucky guy, you can always email me at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. Kentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. All right, folks, so before I get into the special report, there's something that actually leads to what we've been talking about on these special reports, and that's the elitists, how it all started, where they came from. 
But there's a current headline that actually should have you very concerned. It really should. Because this is home directly. This isn't over in Sweden, Germany, Ukraine, Russia. This is the U.S. we're going to be talking about right now. So let's get into the first headline. The headline reads as follows. Will the dollar be revoked, replaced within, with a government-controlled digital coin? Feds to begin testing digital currency with nine United States banks. Let me read that again. Feds to begin testing digital currency with nine United States banks. These are some quotes from some of the banks. A tool for government surveillance of citizens and control over their financial transactions. The world's largest economies, including the United States, are, are rapidly ramping up to digitize their currency and end paper cash. On the agenda, eliminate or reduce untraceable, untaxable cash and crypto transactions and clear the way to establish a national government-controlled digital currency. Uh-huh. Did you know that on March 9th of last year, Biden signed into law something known as the Executive Order 14067? This is deeply, deeply disturbing language hidden in Section 4 of this order. If you take a look at it, once again, don't take my word for any of this. Do your own research, folks. Do your own research. I'll point you in the way, but you do your own research. Seeing is believing. That's why I wrote the book, America, the Land of the Sleeping. Legal surveillance of all U.S. citizens, complete control of all bank accounts and purchases. The ability to crush free speech and silence opposing voices. Yet we discover that this digital currency mentioned here has been in development for 10 years. I told you, this is coming to light to us because people are starting to wake up. But this has been in the works longer than 10 years, for many, many years. And that's the new world order. Wake up, folks. You think that that's just a conspiracy theory now. You need to wake up. You need to wake up. By the way, I don't understand how the New World Order has been labeled a conspiracy theory all these years when the wording didn't come from conspiracy theorists. It come from the horse's mouth. Our former president, George W. Bush, said it on live TV. We need to go into a New World Order. It's always been out there. You've just had a blind eye. They've been peddling Senator Sherrod Brown, a Democrat out of Ohio, new pro-digital dollar draft for some time now. Senate Bill 3571, Banking for All Act. But what they're doing with this bill is much, much worse. They're going after your money. The goal of this bill is simple. What Democrats want is more than, is more than to make the U.S. dollar obsolete. They want to do with, away with paper cash. Paper, they want the petrodollar gone. The next step, everybody, stand in line and get your federal account. Here are some of the comments from news medias about Joe's executive order and digital currency I was able to find. Forbes magazine, digital money to be the ultimate financial censorship tool. Now these are 
not all, these are not conservative outlets, <laughs> by no means. The Sun, I'm concerned because there's a lot of language about central bank digital currencies in the executive order, order, and I think they are dangerous for civil liberties. Wow. CNBC, as all transactions are kept public on an unchangeable record-keeping system, Wired Magazine, digital currency issued by a central bank can be used as a tool for government surveillance of citizens and control over their financial transactions will have direct control over and access to the financial lives of individuals. NBC News. If the cash is electronic, the government can just erase 2% of your money every year. And here I found a white paper issued by the Fed's Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System titled Money and Payments, the U.S. Dollar in the Age of Digital Transformation. This was published in January of 2022. Here's some direct quotes. Promotes consumer protection and community development through consumer-focused supervision and examination and administration of consumer laws and regulations. What does that mean for the dollar 20 years from now or 30? What does that mean for the all-time you've invested in building your retirement account? This is entirely different from online banking. And it's nothing like crypto. It's like having spyware installed into your bank account. Malware that tracks your every move and reports it back to the powers of B. China and Russia have launched their digital currencies, and they are backed by gold. Ours, uh, Fedcoin, will be backed by our debt. We don't know it, but, we already, but we're already enslaved. In addition, 90% of central banks are testing or exploring this concept. It's not a question of, oh, this might happen someday. It's happening right now. And the reality is that's only a matter of time until Americans are forced to use digital currency. Yes, it's possible to do all this while hiding it safely away from Democrat surveillance and control. With the Gold Standard Act of 1971, the U.S. abandoned the gold standard forever. And guess what happened? The value of the dollar plunged, all while inflation soared. Along with this, the power of the Federal Reserve increased exponentially. You have to understand right now that this is about to happen all over again. They took away gold, and now they will take away our paper currency. And when these digital currencies are implemented, it's game over. And you can mark that down if this is the first time you're hearing about it right here on this show. It is game over. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Why do we need it? Why do we need it? We already have credit cards. We already have these Google Pay and Apple Pay where you can just tap your phone to a credit card machine and pay it out of your account. What is the need for digital currency? There is no need. It's all about control. It has nothing to do, folks, with making our life any easier, it's going to make life worse, a lot worse. Well, why do you say that for, Kentucky guy? They're going to control everything. So let's put it this way. They mentioned China earlier in the article. Okay, so China, last year, last year in, 20, in 2022, last year, 
China, they had protests over the way they were handling COVID. Their citizens actually did peaceful protests. China shut down their people's bank accounts for a while to stop the protests. Don't ever think if, like the tyranny of Joe Biden, if he had that access, he wouldn't do it right now to anyone who stands up to him in his horrible, horrible political stance. And I'll tell you another thing. The State of the Union was nothing but lies. We have a Saturday show we're doing, and I'm going to go over his State of the Union address, and I'm going to address every remark he said, every lie he said, with fact-proven backup that it was a lie. He lied all through it, and he knows he lied. Economy best they've seen him. Really, go tell that to the people that are struggling to put food on their table. Go tell that to the working man who's struggling to put gas in his car. Do that for me, will you, JoJo? Go tell that to the family who has sick people in it and they're unable to pay the doctor bill, unable to put their kids through a good college because of your policy, because of this inflation. Don't, don't give me this, we're out of inflation. Don't give me this crap, all right? I'm fed up with it. Oh, we're at a, uh, you know, we're at a 50%, 40%, you know, inflation. Uh, that, that's what they were saying last year, right? Look, man, if a gallon of gas costs X amount and now I'm paying 80% more, why wouldn't that be 80% inflation? If a, if a gallon of milk costs X amount and I'm paying 75 to 80% more right now or for a carton of eggs, don't tell me that the inflation is only 40%. That's a lie. And you know it's a lie. The inf- people are not stupid, Sleepy Joe. And I know, I know, he's just following orders because Barack Obama is in the basement running the show. I get it. I get it. I get it. But where is Baracky right now? Now, Joe, that you're becoming under a lot of scrutiny, and all these illegal classified documents are popping up all around you. Where's Baraki to save your little butt now? What a fool. What a fool. A few episodes ago, I gave you some terms that I wanted you all to look up. It's actually quite a few episodes ago. I wanted you to look up and do some research on them before we talked about them. We're going to talk about one or two of them today. The first one we're going to talk about, we're going to go all the way back to 1946. Operation Paperclip. U.S. President Truman had in September of 1946 officially approved Operation Paperclip in secret and had expanded it to include over 1,000 Nazi scientists. Later reports and documents have revealed that over, over 1,600 Nazi scientists were brought in, their crimes were whitewashed, and they were giving a new life to work for the U.S. government. After defeating the Nazi in Germany, the U.S. went to great lengths to bring some of the most prominent Nazis home and spent a considerable amount of money and efforts to rehabilitate them because they wanted the Nazis' weapons and their skills. The secret U.S. government operation that carried this out was named Operation Paperclip. The scientists hired by the U.S were not just more token Nazis who just took orders to protect their work and earn their livelihoods. 
Many of them were from Hitler's close circles, dictated members of the Nazi party, and some even belonged to the Otroven factions factions within the party. Many of them even faced trials for their crimes, but eventually were smuggled to the U.S. and had their records wiped clean so they could continue their work of weapons development for the U.S. government. When the Allies started combining the Europe, European countryside looking for caches of German weapons, they were shocked to see the level of sophistication and advancement made by the Nazi scientists in developing weapons of mass destruction, chemical warfare, bioweapons, bio and military technology. There were caches of nerve agents, bioweapons, like the bubonic plague, and a range of other technologies that the ambitious powers starving to dominate the world just could not leave behind. What followed was a competition between the U.S. and the Soviet to grab those weapons and tech. In later years, as the media started breaking the reports of the U.S. government helping the Nazis through paperclip to avoid public condemnation, the USA initiated investigations against many paperclip scientists over their links to the Nazi party and war crimes. However, not a single scientist was ever found guilty. Only one scientist, George Rickey, had to face a formal trial, and he too was acquitted. Ah, that's right here. That's our own government. Our own government. Our own government. Do your research on Truman. Our own government. I, I mean, I, I've, I've said for a long time, we've got to go back and look and see where this, how far this goes back before we're really going to understand what we've been going through the last few years, where everybody's eyes are starting to open. Not everybody, but the majority starting to open. Operation Gladio. That was another term I wanted you to look up. In Rome, November 13th, a secret army was created by the CIA during the 1950s to organize resistance in an event of a Soviet invasion of Western Europe has finally come in from the code and disclosures of its past actions are producing a political flap that stretches across the continent. The existence of a Gladenstein uh, parliamentary network codename Operation Gladio was disclosed last Thursday by Italian Prime Minister Giulio Andrade. Now, this was in a speech. This was a few years ago. It wasn't last Thursday, but uh, <laughs> Andrade in a speech to his nation's Senate. Since then, European officials have described similar operations in most of the other NATO countries. The CIA-backed par uh, paramilitary network included units in Belgium, France, Greece, West Germany, and the Netherlands according to a European newspaper and news services report. The operation was expanded to all Western Europe by 1959, including neutral Sweden, which we find out they were actually never neutral, and Switzerland, according to a story scheduled to appear in the German news, the Welt. European officials familiar with the parliamentary network have come forward in the past several days and described stockpiles of weapons and explosives hidden in Western Europe countries since the start of the Cold War. News services have reported the arms 
were to be used by hundreds of resistance fighters trained to counter a Soviet invasion, the official said. A Belgian former army intelligence official quoted by the Associated Press today said at least six arms caches were spread over the countryside in his nation until two months ago. In addition, the wire service quoted an ex, a Dutch ex-defense minister who said large weapons dumped also exist there and as some were discovered over the past decade. Andrade told the Italian parliament that at the height of the Cold War tensions in the late 1950s and early 60s, the Italian, the Italian unit had hidden caches of arms at depots throughout the country. The operation has now been scaled down, Andrade said, with more than 600 people remain on the payroll. Andrade said he believes the operation should now be dismantled, given the new climate which has freed us from the nightmare of wars and divisions. In Washington, a U.S. government official familiar with the Operation Gladio, Italian for, Italian for sword, said that the continued existence of the force in Italy was solely an Italian operation. We have no control over it whatsoever. The official would not comment on allegations that Gladio was a part of a broader resistance network throughout Western Europe. Andrade disclosed convert operations after a Vietnam magistrate, Felice Carsons, stumbled on its existence during an investigation into a neo-fascist terrorist attack that took place 18 years ago. The investigation revealed that the explosives used in the 1972 car bombing came from one of the 139 secret weapons depots kept for the use of the Gladio forces. The bomb, which killed three policemen near the town of Gorsana in northeast Italy, was placed by a neo-fascist activist, Vienzo Vienzer, who was sentenced to life imprisonment. Andradio said that 139 arsenals were broken up in 1973, but that the weapons from 12 of them were never recovered. Parsons and fellow magistrate Carlo Massonio are now investigating possible links between Operation Gladio and the extreme right-wing terrorists who thought to have been responsible for a string of unsolved bombings in Italy during the 70s and early 80s. In Washington, the U.S. government official familiar with Gladio said if there's any allegation that the CIA were involved in terrorist activities in Italy, they are absolute nonsense. Andrade said that the United States was approached Italy as early as 1951 when the CIA broached the idea of mounting what is called Stay Behind organization, one of the several enforced wars of Europe. The American and Italian intelligence agencies worked together, he said, to establish a network of crack military troops. Most of them concentrated in the northeast near the Yugoslav border, where the threat of communist invasions seemed, seemed most credible in 1959. Operation Gladio came under the umbrella of NATO. Oh, man. Here's my shock bait of NATO. In Paris, the newspaper Liberation said the French arm of the secret network was dissolved only after disclosures of the Italian operation created a controversy. French Defense Minister Jean-Pierre Chavon on Monday confirmed France's involvement in the project. 
Once again, this is not this, this is an old article. The network was dissolved on presidential order. Chivant said, declining to specify when the order was issued, for most of its existence, the group had been dormant, Chivant said. In Belgium, a Belgian former army intelligence official, Andre Mohan, told the leftist newspaper, Lee de Beirubru, he knew of a at least six armed cachet that existed in Belgium as recently as two months ago. Uh, Hink Vonderlin, the Dutch defense minister, 1973 through 77, told associate president he had been briefed about the existence of weapons cached on Dutch soil or behind the line. So this went on. There was a television interview on Italy's Channel 4. Former CIA director William Colby confirmed the U.S. role in Italy's secret army and described how he was sent to Stockholm in 1951 to set up a similar network in Scandinavia. Colby, who headed the CIA from 1973 to 1976, also revealed that the U.S. intelligence agencies channeled large sums of it to Italy's right-of-center Christian Democrats and other anti-communist political parties during the Cold War era, a connection that has long been alleged by Italy's left-wing party. The money, said Colby, was used to ensure that Italy did not fall into communist hands. Meanwhile, details have emerged of the role played by civilians in the secret operation. One of them, Baron businessman uh, Roberto Cavallero, told the Italian newspaper El Expresso that he was recruited after taking part in an anti-Soviet demonstration. In the event of communist takeover, his task would be to cause as much civil unrest as possible. Calavero described how he was paid 700,000 lire, now worth 635 U.S. a month, which was handed to him in a yellow envelope by one of the two intelligent officials who had recruited him. He left the organization in 1973. He said after he heard of a plot to murder two former communists, one male and one female, the plan was later abandoned. Okay, this, the Gladio group, what you're going to find out as this goes on, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a heads up here. What you're going to find out is this Gladio group, who originally was set to protect its people from a Russian invasion, eventually turned on its people if they threatened their political opponent. Yes, that is true. If you get a chance, like I said, seeing is believing, you can look it up. Ringmaster Gladio, the Gladio Ringmaster. Look that up. I think there's even videos talking about it. The Ringmaster Gladio. Look that up. I think you'll be, uh, I think you'll be very surprised on what you find out. Very, very surprised. The next commission, and we're just going to go over part of this, and when we leave off, we will go back, we will come back to it. Yeah, let's do that because I don't want to go too far over on this episode. Okay, so the, uh, Let's talk about the uh, next commission. Trilateral commission. Trilateral commission and the New World Order, thinking the unthinkable. Membership in the Trilateral Commission is by invitation only. The Trilateral Commission is a private organization established to foster close cooperation among the United States, Europe, and Japan. It was founded in 1973 at an 
initiative of David Rockefeller, huh, who was the chairman of the Council on Foreign Relations at that time. The, the, the Trilateral Commission is widely seen as a counterpart to the Council on Foreign Relations. And, quote, enjoy the hospital, hospitable entertainment of a political graveyard, end quote, Henry L. Clint. Apollo Hall, New York City, February 3rd, 1872. The John Birch Society believes that the Triadal Commission is dedicated to the formation of a one-world government. Yeah, and I'm going to read a couple of names here that will not shock. President who joined the Trilateral Commission, Jimmy Carter, George H., and George W. Bush. It's not quite a, an ominous surrounding as some of the other secret societies, but that an organization called the Trilateral Commission can count a few presidents among its members. David Rockefeller founded the group, for God's sake, in 1973 to encourage cooperation among countries around the world. Yeah, I'm sure that's what he wanted. He wanted cooperation. The members of the Trilateral Commission meet biannually to tackle the major issues facing the planet and decide how best to approach them. Does this not sound like Bilderberg Group? Does this not sound like the World Economic Forum or the World Organization of Health? Does it, does, they're all the same, folks. They're all the same. They're all the same. There is so much, there's so much crap. And it, what, what's really, what's really heartbreaking is we know that I, we've been involved from the beginning. We've been involved from the beginning. Not every, I'm not saying every, every agency in the United States, but the, the majority of them, majority of them, I mean, how many, and I'll tell you another thing that I found out, and you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last year or so that we've been going, that I've always been a defender and always thought that Ronald Reagan was a decent president. I've said that for a long time. My opinions about him are changing, and it's because of the crap of this secret society that he belonged to. You, did you know that Ronald Reagan belonged to the Bohemian Grove? You know that uh, satanic ritual they do once a year in California where they sacrifice a child? Oh, it's not really a real child. Whatever. They sacrifice. They still go through with it. I don't care if it's real or not. It's, it's still horrible. You have Walter Cronkite being the voice of the owl. And, you know, why wouldn't they get somebody updated? Walter Cronkite, that's such old news. That's crazy. Anyways, anyways, that's beside the point. That's neither here nor there. My thing is, if you're a part of that, you cannot be a good person. And if you're a part of that and you were the president of the United States, there's something more going on. Don't never fail to think that my team is not researching a deeper dive into Reagan. We're going to find out a really, remember, he was a Democrat until he ran for president. His famous quote was the Democratic Party. I've even used that as my quote because I used to be a Democrat. The Democratic Party, I didn't leave them. They left me. And I know some of you listening are, how dare you talk about Ronald Reagan, blah, blah, blah. Okay, do you not think that it pains me to forward this information? That this is, I, I said for years he was the greatest president we ever had. Yeah, you know. Except for, I don't know, the Iran-Contra affair, 
except for, uh, I don't know, Reaganomics. I don't know. You know, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not going to bash them until I have facts. But when I have those facts, and I'll warn you before I get into them, you may not want to listen to that episode if you're a diehard Reagan fan, because I'm going to speak the truth. I'm hoping the truth was that maybe he just went one time. That's not what I'm finding so far. He definitely went once. He definitely went once. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt. I've seen photographs, okay? Remember, I have a top-notch research team. These guys are great. I call them my team now. They were just individuals, friends I've met. that sent me stuff and fact-checked things for me, and they listen to every episode. And I just want to say to you guys that are listening, thank you. Thank you. I could not do, I couldn't have done any of this without you. We couldn't have grown to the heights we've grown on this podcast without your help because American people are starved for the truth. And that's what we want to give them. And as you guys know, if we say something on here and we come to find out that it wasn't our facts were wrong because we're just human, we, what do we do? The next episode, we retract it right away and we tell you and we apologize. That's the best we got. So when I find out more and I've actually put this off for a few months because, well, to be honest with you, I didn't want to believe it. I'm still human, but I'm here for the greater good. The greater good of the cause is to wake Americans up if that means taking down some of my former heroes. All right, folks, that is all the time we do have for today's episode. I want to thank you, each and every one, for listening. And you've been listening to The Red Pill. Current News Podcast. And I am your unworthy host, the Kentucky guy. As always, God bless and God bless America.